Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation daily right here on the C.L. Bryant Show, coast to coast and border to border. And if you're walking through Times Square, as my next guest is able to do, you can look up above iconic Ripley's Believe It or Not. And above Ripley's is the Red State Talk billboard. And every hour, 24 hours a day, the C.L. Bryant show does pop up there on that billboard. And old C.L.'s face looking right back at you in Times Square. Hey, I've had the privilege of knowing a young man here um, for oh, quite some time now, a couple, several years, several years now. Michelle introduced me to him, uh, my producer. Michelle uh, got him on uh, the show, oh, it's been four, three, four or five years ago uh, now, since I've known this young man, always have been impressed with him. He is an IT specialist on Wall Street, and uh, he, of course, has his own podcast, and I'm going to let him tell you all about it. Help me welcome back to uh, the C.L. Bryant Show, Juan Newsom. How are you, brother? Hey, brother. How are you doing? Doing fantastically well, One uh, and the Lord is healing me, and I'm certainly uh, happy that uh, to have you back on the show. So, Juan, I want to have you on. First of all, tell everybody about your podcast and how to access that. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to do you like Sean Hannity does me all the time. Now, you know you can get a hold of me anytime you want to to have me on your show. And I'm your friend. How come you don't ever have me on the show? Sean asks me that question all the time. How come you don't ever have me on the show? I mean, <laughs> You've been on the show, see, but you know what? I've been working on new concepts and distribution and so my podcasting time is just really ramping back up so now i have um new dis- distribution uh, methods for your get for your um listeners you can reach me on cure radio show dot us and everything is there and of course we're going to have you back on the show so fantastic you know. <laughs> fantastic yeah yeah sean's been on the show three or four times but he always talks about how come i don't ever have him on the show and so <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> so anyway I, <laughs> hey man let's talk here uh uh aubrey um avery and 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 uh Amud Avery in um, Georgia, the jogger. Uh, Juan, you and I, yeah. we're going to talk about this, man, because I'm seeing black folks all over the place on this. Uh, the, I'm going to tell you how I feel about it. You can tell me how you feel about it. Juan, I feel like that even if he had broken to the house or whatever they thought he did, whatever, he still should not have been chased down the street and lynched or shot down 
like an animal. That's yeah. my feeling about it. So, so let's talk. From let's, let's talk. You get if you agree or disagree, it doesn't matter. You know, we're friends. We can we can do what we want to do. I totally agree. And I saw the video, and I saw the video in the house, and he didn't do anything. He just wanted to see the house. Um, basically, um, I don't know if you. I don't know if you've ever done this, and and I've done this, and you know, my mother she used to do it all the time. But if there's a house under construction, yeah, sometimes you go and you know maybe check it out, or, yeah, or you know be. You know, some people participate in that type of voyeurism. He didn't take anything. He didn't even touch anything. No, no, um, no, not at all. You know, if they had a problem, they could have called the police. You know, bottom line, they did not have, and he was unarmed. Like that's ridiculous, right? And you know what, one, you know what, one, I was saying to the audience, if the burglar had was going out my window with my stuff, and yeah. he was going down the street. And I saw him going down the street with my stuff, yeah. and I got my pistol, my gun, whatever, my shotgun, whatever, and I went yeah. after him and shot him, I would go to jail. Yeah, I would. Me too, especially I'm in Jersey, and I can't even fire my firearm really outside the house. So <laughs> Yeah, I'm in Denver now. You know what the deal is here. <laughs> oh, man. Of course, we can wear our guns on, on the outside here, we can, you, you know, but it's, it's very liberal here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so one wow. let, let me ask you then, what what's to be done with these two guys? These guys gotta go to jail. <laughs> I mean bottom line, they, I mean they, that was that was really an execution. I mean, that was really um an execution that took place. Um this young man was just I mean, he was unarmed. That's that was the sad part, you know. And then they tussled with him, and then they gunned him down. I saw the tussle. Yeah. Um, I saw when they gunned him down, like. And homeboy, <laughs> homeboy was getting the best of. Homeboy was getting the best of it, man. That's what got him shot. <laughs> That's what yeah, got him he shot. Was. He was he getting the best did. of him. <laughs> You know, if he was thinking, maybe he should have waited until the police got there. Right. But in the heat of the moment, it's yeah. really hard to make that kind of call because you're thinking these guys are going to kill me anyway. Right. I got to get away. Right. He didn't go out like a punk. I can tell you that much. He didn't go out like a punk. <laughs> but it's but just sad because he, you know, I read about him and. You know, he seemed like he had his life going in the right direction. He did. Um, that's the unfortunate thing. And, you know, we lost a young man because um, two individuals um, decided to take the law into their own hands instead of letting He in did. In this case, right. you let the authorities handle it. Right. And uh, now people, now, now, now this is what you and I need to talk about. See, Candace, Candace got in trouble. You know, Candace, one of my disciples, uh, uh, runaway slave is the godfather of the Blexit and the walkaway movement. And Candace, one of my disciples, yeah. but Candace, Candace got into trouble the other day by saying some things in a way that she should not have said them. Uh, she was saying that the, these two guys, you know, you know, did get a burglar. You know, the, the inflection was that the guy that, that blacks commit the crimes is what uh, caused the suspicion, which led to the death, which didn't sit well. With a lot of, of, of us who really like Candace. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it was just a misstatement, a twisted statement, but I see a lot of people defending her uh, when, when it comes to uh, bringing up that type of thing. How do you feel about it? Well, I think, 
and this is what I hate about our side, and I hate to say the CL, but I think on our side, I have to acknowledge there's prejudices towards blacks. You know, I'm not going to say outright racism, but I think there are some misconceptions towards blacks. Yeah. In, in the case of Candace, you know, and I'm excited about Candace and the things that she has going on, but, you know, you got to really be careful with the facts, you know, look at the Michael Brown situation, right? Michael Brown gets shot by a police officer. Someone lies about it. In addition to that, we don't wait for the facts, right? And so this whole thing just blows up. It turns into this national blow-up about cops killing black folks. When Michael Brown attacked the cop, right? you know, his right. DNA was on the gun, you know, so in these situations, you got to kind of wait a little while so that you can get some of the information before you're commenting on it. That, exactly. And this has a very high profile now. Yeah. You're going to have to be careful. Yeah. Because people are going to be looking to take Candace out. And that's the lens you need to see things through. It's not just about getting your word out or or trying to, you know, be first to be right. Right. Like, you know, Candace has the ability to articulate conservatism like nobody I has, haven't seen She's in a long time. She's great. She's great at doing She's it. She's very great charismatic. At doing it. Yeah. And she is, she is, the left is scared of her. Yeah. <laughs> so she's got to be careful. They will they will actually manufacture a machine. But but see, uh, right now she's got conservatives uh, and uh, uh, blacks, you know, kind of, you know, scratching their heads. But, you know, I guess this, too, will pass. But now let's talk about this. Uh, you mentioned uh, Michael Brown and you mentioned and we both and we have talked about uh, Armand Arbery uh, there in yeah. Georgia. But now there's a distinct difference between them, right? Uh, Brown yep. actually did something that got yep. him killed. Aubrey, as far as we can tell, as far as I can see, didn't do anything that got He's him killed. Man. Yeah, and 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 so it's the it has nothing to do with the skin color, as far as the crime and, and the way they were treated. I mean, or did it? Or I don't know what. To, I don't know. It's just weird to see how we perceive this. Well, what happens, CL, the media, the media is is on 24-hour call waiting for an incident like this so that they can stoke the racial flames. That's, that's really the, you know, that's really the common thread between, you know, whether it's Michael Brown, whether it's Freddie Gray, whether it's, whether it's this case, whether it's Eric Garner, the media is waiting for racial incidents so they can politicize it. Yeah. You know, and that's that's really the common thread. You know, there's the situations are different, but the common thread is how the media will use this to weaponize against you know people that they they disagree with, and they're going to portray these guys that shot this kid like racist conservatives or Republicans. <laughs> now, I don't know which political party they they are. I haven't. You know, maybe I'm, I'm going to go look up the registration later. Yeah, I don't know which political party they are with, but the weight, the portrayal. Yeah, you know, yeah. and how they how they try to um, project. That's what the so they want to get the racial the flame stoked. It's just in time for the election. Any oh, yeah. opportunity like this before the election, they're going to just take. 
Oh yeah. Along oh, yeah. with shooting, along with playing Roots, of course, again, and the oh, yeah. Bush Katrina, Bush Katrina footage, and then anything else they can do before the election. Oh yeah. Like this. They love. This is perfect for them to try to hold on to that black vote. This is perfect uh, for them to try and hold, hold on to that black vote. <laughs> they holding on to that black vote for their life, man. <laughs> I mean, Trump, you know, if you look at the president and what he's done for blacks in these last three years, he's done more for blacks in the last three years than the Democratic Party has done in the last 40. Yeah. And, you know, in terms of economic improvement, you're talking about um, criminal justice reform that, you know, disproportionately helps African-Americans, Latino households. Um, you talk about the, the empowerment zones. You talk about the help that he provided to the HBCUs. I mean, you can go down and down the list of things that he actually helped you know, blacks accomplish, you know, with his policies. And, and the strange and, thing is, uh, uh, one, Unwin, one, Newsom, IT tech, uh, on Wall Street, my good buddy. The strange thing, Juan, is that he got accomplished things that Obama never got accomplished in eight years. Well, you know what's funny? And I'm going to tell you why that is. See, blacks didn't have a lobbyist. See, the gays got there from Obama because they had a lobbyist, right? And the socialists got there from Obama because they had lobbyists, George Soros, mainly. But, <laughs> but blacks didn't have a lobbyist. And so, and, and you think about it, Obama was black. He was in Chicago. He was a lawyer. All these opportunities to do things. And President Trump just comes in and just blows that up. Yeah. Yeah. Blows that up. And even with, even with all of that, there's still cognitive dissonance because, you know, there are some blacks that just, hate Trump no matter what, but there's that factor in there. But the accomplishments stand on their own. Oh, absolutely. Let me let me ask you this. Since we're talking about Trump, Obama, it looks as though the president is has picked the fight with uh, President Obama. He's, he's telling yeah. the whole world that Obama uh, was behind and did know that that uh, he was being set up. And that the Russian collusion thing was absolute hokey. And uh, the president looks like he's he's picked a fight. I think it is a brilliant strategy at this point in time, yeah. because if you're going to, to go with a scorched earth policy and Trump always chooses a scorched earth yeah. policy, this yeah. is a perfect. One. <laughs> what do you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Trump. Bringing Obama back in the back into the conversation, and I I know some people that work for Trump actually, and bringing Obama back into the conversation, CL, reminds people why he got elected in the first place. For one, B, it reminds people of who was actually responsible for the Russian collusion, um, for the Ukraine stuff. All of these people were Obama acolytes. And so I think it's a brilliant move. I think it's going to benefit him in the short term politically and possibly the long term. I think this overturning of um, General Flynn, this this thing was blockbuster. And I've been keeping up with this case. The fact that General Flynn has been exonerated it's, it, and the stuff that he went through, and you, that should make any American, you know, that should send chills down your spine. The fact that the upper echelon of the leadership of the FBI can just concoct a case and not follow procedure and take a three-star general and just 
bankrupt him, that the fact that, that the dominoes are going to fall after that. And they that's should. Where, that's where it began. General Flynn. It, yeah. Yeah, they should. Juan Newsom, tell everybody one more again how we can get a hold of you and how we can access the podcast. Pure Radio Show. If you can come on next week, I would love that. Hook it up, Michelle. We'll do it. We'll get it done. And you're in my prayers, brother. Me and my wife, you are on our thoughts and prayers, okay? Thank you so, so much, friend. For you. Thank you so much. God bless and keep you, friend. Uh, Juan Newsom, thank you so much. God bless and keep you. Fight the good fight. I know that you will because you are fighting the good fight. Thanks again for being on with me. Talk to you soon. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. And we have been on with my good buddy Juan Newsom up there in New York City. He's an IT specialist guru there on um, Wall Street and um, was talking to him about what's going on, what's going on. In uh, in uh, in America today. And I when I come back after the, the brief break, I do want to um, continue Uh, speaking to you about things that are falling together. It may look as though things are falling apart, right? No, 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 no. As a person who has studied this over nearly a 40-year period of time, you um, see things falling together. Yeah. And... um, the red, the white horse, the red horse, the black horse, the pale horse. They all represented various things that were foreseen and foretold to come upon the earth in the end times. And it would be so vivid that you could actually see the carriers of bad times. And they appeared to be as beast. You could, and, and they were so vivid that the only way that John the Revelator could could actually describe them, what he was seeing, was a white was was white, red, black, and 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 and, and pale horses. And you have to understand that that John was describing what he could see as many times futuristically, as best he could, and. Now that we are able to, now that we live here in the time that John saw, and certainly when he was looking into into eternity and describing what God was showing him, he had in store for his people who trusted him and believed him. He could only describe it in terms that he could express we're going to talk a lot about that when i return and
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. Thank you so much for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. Flagship station, Red State, Red State Talk, throughout the Fruited Plains and around the globe. I want to thank also Loving Liberty for inviting us into their family and all of the other terrestrials who replay us in um, on, um, later times uh, during the day. And so, um, friends, deception has been a running theme through the show today. And my pastor, James A. Uh, McMenus, in, there in Shreveport, and I catch him. I, we can't gather. I can't. I have not been able to find a place to go to church up here yet. And even though I have, I did visit um, twice. I visited twice. Uh, the Sunday after Jane passed away way in the Sunday after that, and then we couldn't gather anymore. Yeah. So I've only been to church twice. I've only been in a church building, come to think of it, uh, twice since I left Shreveport in December. Yeah. Um, Jane never... And the Word of God was the last church that we that she was in into, and um, and after she passed, uh, it was I mean I, my me too, up until she passed away, and um, then I went to church twice, and so I haven't been able to do that thing. I haven't been able to go, and um, so the theme, the thread through the show has been deception but things that will come <clears throat> and be very vivid in days to come will be so plain that they will be visible like horses heard like galloping hooves admired even and therein lies the deception because a horse, a white horse, is gorgeous. Uh, I've never known, I've never never been around a white horse that was not mean, though. I've, I've, I've guess I've only been around two. One had blue eyes, one had a blue eye and a, a brown eye, I guess it was, kind of reddish. 
Both of them were mean, mean horses. But that horse, that white horse was gorgeous. And the scripture talks about the horses of the apocalypse. The white horse, the red horse, the black horse, and the pale horse. And they each represent various stages and attitudes that come upon this world globally, come upon us globally. And, and the first thing that we were warned about is also the first thing that we see in that, that book of Revelation. That's what the white horse represents, deception. And you can take that deception all the way back to the beginning where scripture says that what happened there and what the reason we're not experiencing the full throttle of what we were intended to be is because of deception. And, and, and if you read it backwards, if you read the book backwards, it till, still tells the same story. It tells about deception that, that you first must be privy to and, and, and aware of. Eve was deceived. That's what scripture says from the beginning. That's what scripture says in the end. And that's what you see all through Samson and Delilah, you, David and Bathsheba, all the way through scripture, you know, you know, uh, Judas betraying Christ, you know, all the way through scripture. You see deception and it, it bleeds into our politics. It bleeds into our uh, economics. You go to Judas, you're talking politics, 30 pieces of silver and religion. All three wrapped into that one person, Judas. All three. You got, the, you got his politics. Oh, he tried to wheel and deal with people who were wheelers and dealers. And because they deceived him. Into thinking. Wrongheadedly. And once they had used him, they, they wanted to make sure he stayed quiet or make sure that he didn't uh, go away with his jaws puffed out. So they gave money. And his religious breakdown, nervous breakdown, caused him to kill himself. First horse that rides through and is riding through now and has been riding through. And it's vivid. If you can see it, if you will see it, it's that white horse. It appears to be good. Deception feels good, doesn't it? Hmm? Oh, hey, sin is pretty. Evil is pretty. White horses are gorgeous. They're pretty. Deception. Scripture describes it as a white horse. Behold the white horse. And then the next horse is caused by the first one. War, 
And, and, and I'll tell you something, this thing that's going on with us and China, even though I don't think it's going to at current time, at current time, uh, lead to uh, war. I, I think the Chinese had better rethink that. They better rethink that. If they ever think that, they better rethink that. That would not be a good idea. Um, and, and, and you see, High noon is what we're talking about here. And you're talking about a president who does not mind going Gary Cooper. He doesn't mind standing in the middle of the street taking on the bad guys when everybody else who knows they should be out trying to support him are not. They're hiding they're hiding. They're hoping he doesn't. In fact, there are some that don't, do hope he gets shot down. There are some who do, do hope that, that he gets overcome. High noon, Gary Cooper. There are those of the, there are many of those who wish he gets his comeuppance. But at least he has the courage to stand. Die like a man. Now, I know I got, a, I got a several tweets. You shouldn't be making fun of the guy who got killed and saying he died like a man. He did. He died like a man. Amun Amri. Um, in Georgia, the, the, the jogger. I, I, I want to Arbery, Armut Arbery. Died like a man. He didn't die like no punk. He died. Go. He went out like a man. I, I mean, the, the outrage that he must, the, 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 fine, the final moments of his life must have been spent in absolute outrage. And you know what I, I had on with me, um, Juan Newsom, IT specialist, IT guru on Wall Street, good friend of mine. Um, and... Um, the one thing that he brought up reminded me of what me and my dad have done. I don't know how many times we see houses almost constructed, maybe dried in, roofed in. We go look in them. We go stop and look in them. Never, never, there'd be all kinds of stuff laying around, but it would never cross our minds to take anything. We just wanted to see the layout of this house. My dad and his brothers built our house, but, you know, built his home. And so what do we have? A chance to engage war comes in on a red horse. And it is so visible it is so plain that it doesn't matter if the white horse has brought deception because the red horse brings war. It's too late to back out of the deception. It's too late to turn it off. It's too late to wake up out of the dream because the red horse has come 
it will bring war. And that's what we need to be cognizant of. And isn't it amazing how we're set up for all of this globally over a pandemic disease that um, we really don't know a whole lot about. We're learning more about it. And it's scary. I think in New York City, uh, you have children who are breaking out in boils. It is COVID-19 related. And, uh, you know, it it all has to do with with inflammation, infection and inflammation. Isn't it odd how all of this is being brought about by a virus? So whether we're being deceived and being groomed or set up for war, we do have to understand this. We do have to understand this. We have to understand that war is inevitable. It's going to come. There's no way around the Chinese desire. And that is to be world players at whatever cost they need to pay. It will lead to war because they are aggressive against their own Asian counterparts. War is going to occur. One of our allies is going to get tired of being thumped on the head by the Chinese. And they're going to call upon us as their ally, their defender, their protector. And we're going to have to go to their aid or lose them. To the Chinese saying, okay, if you'll just uh, play on our side, you can still be you, but you're playing on our side. We now control you. That would be an incredible feather. If they could grab one of our allies, if they could um, make neutralize one of them into being dependent on Chinese money rather than American might. We actually have the Chinese. We had them where we wanted them. Until we had to shut down this economy. We had them where we wanted them. But um, they're sort of out of the bag. We had the cat in the bag. We actually had the cat in the bag. Once you let it out, once you get, once you let a cat, you'll never. You climb a tree, hunt through caves, under houses, whatever. Ever, you ain't getting that cat back in the bag unless you shoot it with a tranquilizer dart. <laughs> that's, that's the only way that cat is going to go in that bag, and it has five deadly weapons four claws and a set of teeth 
that are designed to puncture. Yeah, and tear. You ain't getting the cat back in the bag. That cat is out. The Chinese have gotten out. And war is inevitable. And we think that we experience levels of hunger and uh, food supply back up. Our food supply in America is good. But the next war that occurs will bring about, Scripture tells us, what will be so vivid, will be so dark, it will be black. It will be the horse, a beast, comes riding through. It'll be palatable. Famine. Behold a black horse. Famine. I believe that the next war will bring famine. You already have deception that leads us into war, which leads us to famine. And then one of the most quoted of all passages in Revelations is this passage, Behold a pale horse, and upon him sat death. Deception leads to war. The white horse is deception. The red horse is war. The black horse is famine. The pale horse is death. Deception leads to war. War ushers in famine. Famine is natural progression. It's death. Yeah. You need to wake up. The stage has been told from the beginning about the end. Wake up. You should get in. You should study the whole council of scripture because the prophecies are all falling into place with the New Testament canon of scripture along, especially with uh, the first nine books in particular of Revelation. Check it out. It's amazing. They're coming so vividly that we will actually, they will actually appear to be animals, horses. Riding upon them are these deceptions, the war, the famine, and the death. I'm C.L. This is the C.L. Bryant Show. I shall return after these brief words, homestretch of the show. Don't go anywhere. Thank you for coming along. I'm C.L.
State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. CL by with you on uh, this great day in the U.S of a well friends um did the chinese purposely deceive us and does that deception that they have um perpetrated they have planned does that indeed um lead to something irreversible, irrevocable, huh? They're communist. The Russians are communist. The Ayatollahs, for the most part, for more part than not, are communist. The Castros are communist. They are going to band together. You have a lot of. Uh, leftist, communist-type leanings in Europe right now have much, much uh, racist attitudes in Europe right now. And as far as the um, Chinese for China, China men, is the attitude there in China, uh, Beijing in particular, you know, and I, I don't, I'm not mad at them for that at all. I mean, if it's your country, it's your country. And then, hey, what we have over here is totally unique because it's so many of us. We don't all look alike. We don't all act alike, sound alike, or, or we're not alike. I, I admire the Chinese culture. I admire it so much because they're so homogenous. They have managed to remain homogenous. And, they, you know, it, deep in their uh, conscious, uh, their consciousness, they're, they're so proud of that, as I think they should be. And because of what they have accomplished, but so should the French or, or the Germans or whoever else we're talking about here, okay? They should be proud of that. But Americans, should we not be proud also of who we are? 
through all the ups and downs and through everything that we have made it through, through everything that we have come through, should we not be proud of that? Yeah, but all those people who, who, who be glad that they went through it, they endured it. We always talk about, you know, Christian folks, you Christian folks out there, you're always talking about how glad you are that Jesus died for me. But somehow you want to lament the hardship that your ancestors went through for you. They don't, I don't want my grandchildren lamenting the price I paid for their future. I want them to enjoy it. Remembering that there was a price paid for it, honoring that, respecting that, but not trying to hold somebody accountable for the price that I had to pay for their freedom. That doesn't make any sense. Because you can't you can't recoup uh, for me whatever has been lost. You're trying to recoup that for you. You're using me as your excuse to recoup it for you. Oh, you see, that's deception that you have been led into. And that type of thing, my friends, this is what I'm trying to say to you. That type of deception leads to us accepting peaceful slavery. Now, I rode up to Mount Rushmore yesterday. It's only about five hours. I, you know, once you get on the straightaways and stretches back there, you can drive 100 miles an hour. <laughs> But anyway, I drove up to Mount Rushmore over the weekend. It's only five hours from where I am. I have nothing else to do. I had nothing else to do. I was not with anybody. I was by myself. Um, you know, when I got out, of course, it's South Dakota, and so uh, they don't have any stay-in-place, shelter-in-place, anything like, thing like that going on there in, in South Dakota. So people were out and so forth. And I still, I didn't have on a mask or anything. Uh, I had one with me, but I didn't have it on because I was outside. The sun was shining. It was cold out there up on the mountain. You know, it's cold out there. Um, as I looked at those four faces, and I said this earlier in the show, it made you understand that they truly knew about deception. They also knew this. They knew that they had a choice between dangerous freedom or peaceful slavery. There was a virus that actually created this nation that had infected the people living here who saw what they could be. It was called freedom and liberty. The freedom and liberty virus, men wanting to self-govern themselves, is what 
caused the American Revolution. And when people decide that they are going to self-govern, they uh, do what actually um, men are naturally bent toward doing. And that's making their own decisions for themselves, for their health, their personal well-being, their family's well-being, and the type of citizen that they're going to be. And that's one thing, uh, whether you think it's immoral for people to not for to gather or not gather or whatever uh, together, you will not be able to legislate that here in America among the type of DNA that we have within us. We're, we're not going to conform to that. If we see that this is going to kill us, we'll stop doing it. It may be too late. We may have to pay a very bad price for our liberty and our freedom, but that is a part of having liberty and freedom. It's a dangerous freedom in every way that you can imagine when there are people wanting to take it away from you. It can be dangerous to keep it, to maintain it. When you know that there is a virus out there that could take you out, yet your thirst and your desire to exercise your freedom and your liberty trumps the dangers, the peril of what may or may not occur. The only thing that you're concerned about is what is occurring and that you are not experiencing what you were born to have, liberty and freedom. And you're being told that this is is the way they want you to live from now on. And you are saying to them, I'm not having it. I'm not going to do it. And I will not be a risk. I don't want to be a risk or a threat to my fellow man, but uh, right now, I don't believe that I am. That's the American mindset. That's what Americans are thinking. They're seeing this beginning to ebb down, and they're not... um, (laughs) The the strangest thing is, folks, is this, and I, I don't think I tweeted this out. I was going to I don't believe I tweeted this out, but I um, want to quote a tweet that I, I need to tweet this out. It says, if masks work, why do businesses need to be closed? If masks work, then Make it mandatory that nobody enters that building without wearing a mask and the business continues, right? If masks work, why do businesses need to be closed? If they don't work, why are we forced to wear them? I'll give you a minute to think about it. If they work, we shouldn't have we shouldn't have to close down all the business if masks actually work. And if they don't work, why are we all having to wear them anyway? 
the common sense, the mother wit, horse sense, will keep us free. You don't have to have an MIT degree, a degree from MIT, for this to make sense to you. This is common sense. If masks work, why do businesses need to be closed? If they don't work, why are we forced to wear them? Huh? Huh? Beware that you are not deceived. Let no man deceive you. Out of all the things that I want you to be aware of is the contrived, designed deception. Beware of that. Yeah. Because all of this, my friends, is leading us to an assault of deception on the political, the economic, and the religious structure of our world. Not just, certainly America, but the entire world. Pay attention to what's going on with Adam Schiff and that FBI thing, that debacle with General Flynn. Pay attention. Well, I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day, and I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I'm able to talk to you again, I'm CL, and may God bless and keep you all. Mm-hmm.